In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the first Sunday of the month of Beba. It's the second Coptic month of the year, and we read the story about the paralytic man who was lowered uh, from the roof of a house by his friends to the place where the Lord Jesus Christ was in order for him to be healed. And we read also that the reason that they did this is because they tried to enter into the house from the front door, but because there was such a crowd of people around them, they were not able to enter. So being very persistent, they actually went up to the roof and lowered him down. We read in verse 4, And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. This idea that they broke through, they broke through the crowd, they broke through the roof. Um, they didn't allow any challenges at all to stop them from their goal, which was to reach the Lord in such great faith that they believed that the Lord was going to be the one to be able to heal their friend. These friends did not simply believe what they had heard about Christ and kind of worship him from a distance, but they were very active in their faith, and they went and they found him, and they persisted until they found him in faith, believing that, they, that the Lord would heal their friend. We are also called to be active in our faith. It is not enough just for us to know the faith. It is not, not enough for just us to be educated about what the Orthodox Church is or what is it that we as a church believe, but we are called to be active, to put our faith into action. And we can look at that action on three different levels. The first level that we, that we should be active in our faith is the personal level. When we ask ourselves the question, how should I conduct my own life? How should I conduct my spiritual life? What are the content of my prayers? How is it that I should be fasting? How is it that I should be personally as an individual, worshiping God, pursuing God um, as a single individual person? Also, we can look at the activity, our, our activity, our active faith at the level of the church. How do I serve in the church? How do I, what, what do I do in the church as a participant in the church? And then the third is on the community level, how do I serve those who are outside the church? How do I serve other people? How do I serve my family? How do I serve other people in the community? We have many opportunities to demonstrate our faith actively. And so we're gonna speak a little bit about what we can learn from these four men that give us an example to live our faith in an active way. The first thing we learn from them is they set the right goal. This paralytic man had probably suffered for a very long time and he had probably gone to many doctors and there was no doctor who was able to heal him. And their goal was that they wanted their friend to be healed. It was a good goal. It was a, it was, it was a noble goal that they had set for themselves. They wanted him to be healed. They wanted him to be fully restored, to enjoy the rest of his life. And they believed that the Lord Christ was the one who could heal him. So they, they made the effort that they did to bring him to the Lord, not for any selfish motive, but simply because they wanted their friend to be healed and they, they believed. In Psalm 127, we read, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Meaning if the Lord is not supporting us and if the Lord is not leading us, then whatever efforts that it is that we do are in vain. Here, these men, they believed that the Lord would be the healer and he, they, they brought um, their friend to him. Um, when we set the right goals, we, we have right action. In order for us to know what kind of action we should be doing, we have to set the right goal. So again, when we spoke about the three levels, what is the right goal on the personal level? 
The right goal should be overcoming our sinful habits. The right goal should be treating other people better. The right goal should be forgiving others. The right goal should be um, pursuing God and seeking a deeper relationship with God. All of those are the goals that we should be having in our life in order to be um, active in our faith. Also, at the level of the church, how is it that we are active in our faith at the level of the church? There are many, many services in the church that are worthwhile. There are many goals that we can have in the church that are worthwhile. There's teaching people the faith. There is um, leading the people in prayer. There is feeding the people. There is encouraging the people that are in need. There is serving, serving other people who are even around us, not just um, necessarily in the church, evangelizing to other people. Love, showing care and love, like serving in the community as well, sharing, showing, sharing the love of God with other people through evangelism and other kinds of services. These are all ways of activity, right? If we say that we are believers, then our, our faith should be demonstrated by works, as St. James said in his epistle. He said, show me your faith by your works. So our, our active faith is, an, is a faith that works on a regular basis, not just a faith that stays in our mind. Just as these four men, they didn't just say from a distance, we believe, but they actually put their faith into action. Which is the second point that we learn from them, is, is the strong faith that they had. And actually the Lord Christ himself, he um, praised them for the faith that they had. He, he said, what? Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. What is it that prompted the Lord to take this step to forgive the sin of the man? It says when he saw their faith. You know, sometimes maybe we, 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 are, we ask God for things, but we do not ask in faith. We do not really believe that the Lord can offer or the Lord can provide. And so maybe the Lord does not answer because we are not asking in faith. Here it says, when he, heard their, when he saw their faith, this is when he said to the man, um, uh, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. So also we should do our work in faith. We should always believe that the Lord is supporting us, that we are not alone by ourselves doing whatever work that it is we are doing alone. In our personal life, we believe that the Lord can help us to overcome our sin. This is very important. You know, when someone is struggling in sin and when they are coming to confess, especially when they confess the same sin again and again because it's a lifelong struggle, we should believe and have faith that the Lord forgives Believe and have faith that the Lord can help us to overcome on a personal level the activity of our faith. On the level of the church, we believe that the Lord has, uh, will provide everything that we need for the church. We believe that the Lord is the one leading the church. We believe that whatever trials that we face, whether as individuals or as a church, the Lord is actually allowing them for our good. Also, when it comes to the community, we believe that the Lord can, can bring salvation to the world. You know, the part of our role in the church is to spread the love of God to others so that they would see his light and come and, 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 and receive salvation. And this is the place of salvation. And we believe that the Lord can offer this to others. So unless we have this faith, then we are going to be very limited in what we are willing to do. Are we going to put ourselves on the line like these four men who went and lowered the, the, their friend from the roof believing that he can be healed? If we really didn't have faith, we wouldn't do this. We will make ourselves to be foolish. People will get upset at us. What are you doing? Why are you going up on the roof? And why are you, you know, like destroying the roof of the house in order to bring this man down? If we really didn't believe that, that, this, that the Lord would actually heal him, then maybe all these other thoughts would come into our mind and we would be hesitant to take an action, to take a bold step like this because we don't really believe that the Lord will work. But if we truly have faith and believe that the Lord will work, then maybe we are willing to be a little foolish 
in the eyes of the people. Just as when we spoke about Zacchaeus, he was willing to climb the sycamore tree because he wanted to see the Lord. He, he acted in a foolish way in the eyes of the people, but this is the way that he saw Christ, and this is the way that the Lord asked to be to eat with him in his home. So in order for us to be active in, in, in our faith, we have to have some boldness. We have to truly believe that the Lord is able to act, even if it means that we do things that others might consider to be a bit irrational even. The third thing we learned from them is they were motivated by love. Those four men had no personal gain from this. Actually, again, maybe they were going to be scolded. Maybe they were going to be ridiculed. Maybe there was going to be something that someone is going to treat them or mistreat them in some way or say comments about them in some way because they are doing this. And actually, they are the ones to be blamed because the, the, the paralytic man cannot really be blamed. He cannot move. He is, he is not even in control of what happens to him. And so these four men would squarely, anyone who would blame them for what is it that they were doing, they would squarely be the ones to be blamed. But they loved their friend so much, and they did it out of love for him. Yes, they had faith that the Lord could heal, but they also loved their friend to even bother to try, to even bother to take him with them and to lower him down. Just as we read in Galatians 6 verse 2, it says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. This is the, the love that we have for other people, right? So our faith should be motivated by love. Our actions should be motivated by love. Even when I want to, when I speak about what is, what is kind of my, my role of faith on a personal level, even when we want to cut sin out of our lives, we should not do so because we desire perfection. We shouldn't do so because we want to be perfected. We should do so because we love the Lord. We should do so because we want to be with God and sin separates us from God. Not simply because we want to be like a trophy, because we want to appear perfect in the eyes of everyone. Because maybe I personally feel disturbed when I sin, that I have imperfection in me, that I want to cut out any kind of sin or weakness. This should not be my motivation. My motivation is because I love the Lord. So even this faith and even, even repentance can have a wrong motive. Why am I repenting? Am I repenting because I, I cannot withstand to see myself imperfect? Or am I repenting because I love God and I want to be closer to God? In the church, we should be motivated by love. Sometimes in the service, we get so caught up with the details that we forget the reason why we are doing the service to begin with. Sometimes people can be cruel or harsh because they want to attain a certain level of service or maybe someone who has fallen short of doing what it is that they should have done, that we are quick to maybe get angry at them or to rebuke them or criticize them. We should remember what is the goal of the service. The goal of service is to show love to others, is to help others, to help others to, for, with their salvation. So if this always is in my mind, maybe this is, will temper my responses, my temper my reactions, help me to be balanced in the way that I deal with others um, in the service. And then also in the community, what is the reason that we evangelize? What is the reason that we serve people outside? It's because we love them. It's because we want them to have salvation, not simply out of a duty, not simply because God commanded so, but because we have a love and a desire for them, just as these four men were motivated by love to do all that they did for the sake of their friend. Another thing we learned from them is they took responsibility instead of relying on someone else to do the work. These four men could have said, you know what, he has other friends. Maybe those other friends will be the ones to do this. 
maybe 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 say you know i have i have nothing to do with this this is not my problem this isn't something that i have any you know have any say in it and i'm not even going to make a, an effort or or do anything to to help my friend because there's nothing it is that there's nothing that i can do however we see that the men all took responsibility and they all took initiative they did something active in order to reach the goal that they had which was they wanted their friend to be healed on a personal level how is it that we take initiative and take responsibility we are the ones who are responsible for our own spiritual life we are the ones that are responsible for our prayers we are the ones responsible for our fastings we are the ones responsible to go and confess our sins we are the ones responsible to come and attend the liturgy and to take of communion we are the ones who are responsible to forgive others who have hurt us we have many, many responsibilities. We have many things that I have to take upon myself and say, this is my role. This is what I have been called for, and I have to take action in this. Also, at the level of the church, there are a great many responsibilities and services that need to be done in the church. Again, do we just rely on other people to do those things, or do I take responsibility and say, no, I will do these things, because this is my church, and these are my responsibilities. In Romans 12, St. Paul speaks about various gifts that people have received. He says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. These are all gifts that God gave us. And he did not give these gifts just so that we could bury them in the ground as the servant from the parable of the talents that took the talent, the one talent from his master, and he just took it and buried it in the ground and did nothing with it. Also, the Lord does not give us these gifts simply so we can use them on ourselves alone. But he gave us these gifts in order for us to serve in the church. He gave us these gifts to serve the body of Christ. And if we do not use the gifts that God has given us to serve him, then in the last day he will ask us, just as in the parable of the talents, he says, make an account of your gifts. What is it that you have done with the talents, with the gifts that you have received? So in the church, we try to make opportunity for as many people who want to serve to be able to serve in some way. Also in the community, we take responsibility. What are the needs of the people? Who are the people that are in need of us, whether physical need or spiritual need, and say it is our responsibility as a church to go and to serve. We have different community service opportunities on a monthly basis now in the church. How many of us decide that I want to participate in this? This is something that is my responsibility. It is not just the responsibility of others. <clears throat> the fifth thing that we learn from them is they did not allow obstacles to stop them. Certainly, there were challenges with their plan. Maybe at the beginning, they thought to themselves, okay, we're going to go to the Lord, and he is going to um, heal our friend. But the moment that they arrived in the house, they found something they didn't expect, and that was that it was overcrowded, and there was no way for them to enter. Maybe, maybe many of us, if we were put in that situation, um, we would just say, well, we tried our best, we put in our full effort, and there is nothing else that we can do, so we're just going to go home, and maybe we would even say this is God's will. God did not allow us to do it, right? God did not, God, it was not God's will that, that we are able to meet with the Lord today, and so we are going to go home feeling we did all that we could do. However, in the service, 
and in our spiritual life, there's always challenges. There's always difficulties to overcome. When it comes even to, at a personal level for us to overcome sin, there are so many challenges and obstacles and feeling of temptation and feeling that we fall into the same sin again, again, and again. Do we give up at that point and we say, no, I've, I've done all that I can do and there's nothing more that can be done? Or at, a, at the level of the church, all those people who have experienced serving in the church in some capacity know that there are sometimes frustrations, there are sometimes misunderstandings, there's sometimes conflicts, there's sometimes you know, uh, unmet expectations. There's many kinds of challenges that happen when you, tr you try to serve God um, in whatever capacity that we do. And our families, when we try to serve our families, we find that there are obstacles, there is misunderstandings, there's problems, there's conflicts, the things that happen. What is our response to these things? Do we just give up and say, well, I tried, I did, I did what I could do, and now there is nothing more that I could do? Certainly these four friends did not do this. That even when they found some obstacle, they were creative. And they thought, how is it that we can overcome this? And again, because they were motivated by love. If I'm motivated by love, I will find a way. Because in the end, I want to serve. I want to give. I want to show love. I want the outcome that I am seeking, whether it be for myself or for others. And so I pursue it, and I pursue it diligently. But if, if maybe I am half-hearted, maybe I am not fully committed, then maybe at the first sign of some kind of conflict or some kind of challenge, um, I give up. Also, at the level of the community, we see actually many of the apostles as they began to preach, St. Paul being a perfect example. When he went around from place to place, he was rejected. There were all kinds of challenges and obstacles that he had whenever he was trying to serve the people. And he says what in 2 Corinthians 11, three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I have been in the deep. All of this, why? So he could go and preach the word of God in, uh, all over the world. And he did so not with ease. There was no ease at all in anything that St. Paul experienced. Everything was a challenge. Everything was difficult. He would go to one city, he would be stoned. He would go to another city, he would be imprisoned. He would go to another city and he would be mocked and hated and, and thrown out. So there was no ease in anything that he did. The only way that he accomplished what he did is because he believed that God was with him and he had truly a love for those people whom he wanted their salvation. So even as we are serving the community, maybe that we are rejected, or really serving anyone, we are rejected. Do we give up at this point and say, well, I've done all I can do, and there is nothing more to be done? The last point is that God gave them more than they asked for. So again, they went because they wanted the physical healing of their friend, but the first thing that Christ actually offered to their friend was not the physical healing, but the spiritual healing when he said to him, your sins are forgiven. So Christ actually gave him what they were not seeking. What they were seeking was temporary, was physical, but what God offered them was eternal and spiritual and of far more value actually than what they were seeking. And so we see this as a characteristic of our faith, that even when we go to God asking for something specific, that God actually doesn't just give us what we want, he gives us what we need. He gives us really and truly what we need. Because sometimes we ask for the wrong things. You know, It's not to say that these men were asking for the wrong thing by asking for the, for the healing of their friend. But what, what they were not asking for was actually far more important than what they were asking. So the Lord said, I will give you both. I will give you what is 
the far more important, the spiritual healing, the thing you didn't even come and ask of me, and I will give you the physical healing. We read about the Lord in Ephesians 3.20. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. When we speak about the miracle of the five loaves and the two fish, God takes what, what was offered, which was very minimal, and he multiplied it, and he gave them far more than they ever imagined. No one would have thought that those simple five loaves and two fish would, 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 would multiply and, and were able to, be, to feed all of these people. But this young boy had enough faith so that he was willing to offer his, his lunch, his food, for this, for this purpose. You know, like he, 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 he was asked to offer something very small, and instead of him saying, what is the point of me offering this? At least let me keep it for myself, because if I give it away, it's definitely not going to be able to help anyone. It's not going to be able to feed all of these people. So you're just taking it away from me. So I would rather just keep it for myself and, and, and enjoy it myself rather than having be taken away from me and then it not benefiting anyone. He didn't say this because he believed that actually if he gave it up that the Lord would be able to do something from it. Similarly, sometimes we believe that the service that we can offer is minimal. There is very little that I can do. There's very little that I can offer. But yet we don't know how God is able to take that small thing and multiply it and make it to benefit many, many people. So God gave them far more than they were even expecting or far, far more even than they were requesting. We see the example of these four men today in this reading as an example of faith. And not just faith, but active faith. Faith where they are willing to act, where they are willing to work, where they are willing to sacrifice, they are willing to overcome challenges. And in the end, they saw the desires that they had and even more than their desire because they were willing to work. We also are called to be active in our faith. We are to, to live the Christian life, not just to contemplate on it, meditate on it, understand it, be educated by it. We are called to live it. And it is actually only through living the, the life of Christianity, that we truly even understand it. Christianity cannot be understood from books. It cannot be understood just by hearing about it. It is only through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that we even begin to understand what is it that God is actually offering to us. So may God grant us this act of faith at a personal level, at a church level, and at a community level. And glory be to God forever. Amen.